Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. From the Battery Street Studios of KCBS Radio in San Francisco, I'm Matt Pittman, and this is Bay Current for Wednesday, December 15th. Wiggins comes across, working on Fournier, up top to Curry, quick release, and splash! There it is! The best shooter the game has ever seen has cemented his legacy. No one has made more threes than Stephen Curry. The much-anticipated moment finally happened last night as Stephen Curry surpassed Ray Allen for the most three-pointers all-time in NBA history. And we're going to talk some basketball today. But first, I'll clue you in on something I don't really talk about that much on the podcast. In addition to my full-time job here at KCBS Radio, I'm also the public address announcer for the Warriors at Chase Center. It's actually what brought me here to the Bay Area from Seattle. Before taking the Warriors job, I'd been the PA announcer at Key Arena in Seattle since 2003. For the Seattle Sonics in their last six seasons before moving to Oklahoma City in 2008, and for 14 seasons with the WNBA's Seattle Storm. And for five seasons in Seattle, I had a front row seat to watch the man whose record Stephen Curry broke last night, Ray Allen, do his thing in his prime with the Sonics. And obviously for the last three seasons, I've had the same privilege of watching Stephen Curry do his thing here in the Bay. One of my favorite people in the basketball world has seen a heck of a lot more than I have. Kevin Calabro, currently the television voice of the Portland Trailblazers, where he gets to watch another legendary shooter night in, night out, Oakland's own Damian Lillard. They do not switch. Peyton stays on Lillard, drives into the lane to the glass. But from 1987 up until they left Seattle in 2008, Kevin Calabro was the voice of the Sonics. I grew up listening to him, later got to work with him, another one of the many privileges in my career. And between 2003 and 2007, Kevin was at the mic as Ray Allen marched towards the all-time three-point record that Steph shattered last night. Now going to work is Ray Allen. Allen outside coming off a Jerome James screen, picked up by Randolph. He leads in for three, got it. Ray Allen stokes another three-pointer. We are on a magic carpet ride with Ray Allen at the controls. 40 points for Ray Ray and the Sonics lead by five. As Steph surpasses Ray, I had to connect with KC and talk a little hoops. And why passing Ray Allen to become the all-time three-point shooter in NBA history is one of those sports milestones 
we only get to witness once or twice in a generation. Kevin, the thing I always think about with Ray in Seattle and our time with him in Seattle, we got to watch Ray in the <laughs> middle of his prime and he dazzled every single night. And I always think that, man, it's a bummer that that the city of Seattle did, wasn't quite rallied around that team the way they were in the 90s around the Kemp and, and Peyton teams, because a lot of people kind of took for granted that they had this amazing shooter shooting the lights out at Key Arena every single night. Yeah, Matt, I, I think the reason that there was a, a slight disconnect uh, between that era, like you mentioned, the, the 90s and, and then the early 2000s was twofold. Uh, it was just the, the passing of that, that age. Kemp had moved on, uh, and of course, Gary and Sean were iconic in the, the mid-90s, uh, late 90s, uh, the, the whole decade. And you're right, when Ray came on board, I just don't think enough people appreciated just the the beauty and the elegance of his game. And that's the word I would use, the elegance of his game. As quick off the bounce as there is to get into the air and ascend and would jump as high as any jump shooter I've seen. He has massive calves that propel him straight up into the air with his picture-perfect, technically perfect release. And he worked on that jumper every night. And, and you and I are one of the first in the building, but Ray was always the first in the building because he had the key to the building. Ray would be out there at a quarter to four o'clock for a seven o'clock game, working up a sweat, taking those jump shots. And the thing that occurred to me was he would have a guy make not passes that were perfect right there to his shot pocket, but he'd make, he would have them make passes to his knees, down to his ankles, up high, wide right, wide left to recreate more fully the kinds of passes you're liable to get in a game, which I thought was, was brilliant. Um, very similar uh, to the approach that, that Curry takes with his pregame warmups as well, which as you know, are, are, are very extensive uh, also, but in terms of, you know, their pure technique and their shot locations and so forth, they were, I think, wildly different. You know, I mean, it, you know, I just described, Ray's approach at shooting, and, and you know Steph Curry's approach. Steph has a, just a quick release, doesn't really bound off the floor, doesn't is not a high riser when it comes to the jump shot, and snaps off a lot of shots, will heave a lot of shots, has a lot of different angles and so forth that, that Ray just did not have. Ray was very explosive to the cup, too. Ray would, Ray would go into the lane, and he would play above the rim. He would try to throw on you as well. Uh, he had that. He had that kind of explosion, and and he had that cerebral approach too that Curry has. He was a deep thinker, and a really good guy. Very gracious with the people around him. Ray wanted to know everybody's name. Uh, he wanted to know every the ball boy, the guy that was brooming up the sweat on the floor, uh, the broadcasters. He wanted to know everybody's name. And my sense is that Curry has, has done the same thing there at Golden State. Yeah. You always hear that that old adage that, you know, true character is what you do when when no one's watching. And the way that I've seen Steph engage with myself, with many, many others, it's always been when, you know, the building's closed, the lights have gone down and the ushers have said, beat it, fans, get out of here. And that's when when Steph, you know, steps up. And I've never I've never seen anyone and I've compared Steph and Ray in this regard before. I've never seen anybody embrace the role of being the face of the franchise the way Stephen Curry does. And my only other comparison in my years doing this is always Ray Allen. But you, you hit on a couple of different things about the style of, of, of play. How responsible is Stephen Curry for the way that the NBA has sort of morphed and metamorphosized over the last 10, 15 years? 
Well, I yeah, I, I think to a great degree, he obviously uh, James Harden, uh, Damian Lillard in Portland, another you know powerful jump shooter with with great range. When they shoot that shot, in the situations in which uh, uh, Steph Curry shoots those shots, I mean he in that way is I think very unique. I mean that that those shots are reserved that that area is reserved for Steph, uh, for the beard, for Trey Young. For uh, Damian Lillard, I mean that's uh, that that area out there. That that's just still an extraordinary area out there. Uh, but you know, Chris Jackson, I think, is another mm-hmm. one. Mahmoud Abdul Raouf, who played for Denver. You know, and this goes back now to the '90s. And if you go back and you look at some of his highlights, yeah. extraordinary uh, range from three, the accuracy from three. I think he he kind of predates all these guys in in the technique that he had. And, and, you know, the emphasis on the three ball. And that's something that, you know, I've worked with Rick Barry a million years ago. I mean, this goes back to he was doing simulcasts with us in 88. Rick Barry was, really, in Seattle. And Rick would say, Rick Barry did one season with us in Seattle. And Rick, it was the first year we did our simulcast. And Rick would always say, why aren't more teams shooting the three? Let's just do the math. 35% equates to 50% from two. And we have great shooters in this league. And, of course, that's not the way the game was being played in the late 80s. You know, it was a power game. You're thrown to the post. You're going to repost. You're going to grind it, you know, down in the paint. But he would always say, you just have to shoot 35% to equal 50% from two. And, you, you know, you're getting the same yield. So he, you know, he was on to it, I think. But uh, uh, I, I can't really tell you when the emphasis shifted. Uh, but, obviously, Curry was a part of that vanguard. Uh, when the emphasis shifted and uh, the uh, a lot of it had to do with the changing of the rules and trying to free up offensive players and you're not allowed to arm bar and you're not allowed to grab and you're not allowed to steer guys with the, the, the locked arm and so forth. You can't have hands on an offensive player. So when the league instituted these rules for freedom of movement, I think then you started to see shooting become more of a premium uh, in the league. And it's a good thing. Uh, but now kids are being taught there's unlimited range out there. <laughs> and if you're a young pro and you want to stay in the league, even a big guy, you've got to be able to shoot the three ball now and then. You know, even if you're a seven footer, uh, if you can, like a Carl Anthony Towns sitting out there shooting 41% from three, that's extraordinary. Yeah. Joker can, Joker can shoot from three. Oh, absolutely. You know, in, in Ray's Seattle years, he also had Richard Lewis, who was another threat on the wings. Uh, really right. stretched great, out the f- great three point shoot. Oh, tremendous! And and obviously, you know, Clay Thompson. If if Cle- if Steph Curry is you know number one shooter of all time, if if Clay Thompson isn't number two or number three, probably behind Ray Allen, then you know I don't know who's making these lists because you know Clay's Clay's epic. Clay's a legend. But having that other shooting threat, how much of that is a part of being able to just rack up the number of threes that these two players have done in their careers? Well, I mean, you, you're obviously you're spreading the floor, and you got one on one side and another guy on the other, and or you're you're on the break, and you got one guy that's heading to the corner, and the other guy's going to the other corner, and the ball's on top. Like defensively, you know, you're you're all spread out, and you've got Draymond Green bringing the ball down the center of the court, and now Draymond can pump it to the corner, where he can go all the way to the rim, where he's going to draw the defense to sag, and now he's even got that option of throwing again to the corner or Ray. Uh, or Steph will relocate and, and Clay relocates as Green goes into the paint. And of course, they move so well without the basketball. I mean, yeah, Draymond Green's the best passer in the NBA. Oh, 
absolutely. So it's, yeah, it's a perfect storm defensively. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when, yeah. you, when you're facing those three guys, uh, it's, you know, it's just it's murder. Think of Ray's time in, in Boston, too. I mean, he had he had Paul Pierce who could attack you from right. the outside, He who could also drive inside, kick it out. You had Garnett could shoot, from, could, could shoot from outside, and obviously we know he was lethal inside, but he was also a tremendous post-passer. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's certainly a function of the team that you're out there with. No question about that. Ray played 18 years in, in the NBA. Stephen Curry's in his 14th year, his 13th year, and is already surpassing Ray. And I think Steph's got a lot of great years. He, he takes tremendous care of his body, of his mind. He, we've mentioned he's out there in the lab pregame, working as hard as anybody all these years later with all the success that he's achieved. Is this his record for perpetuity? I think it is. Whenever he's done, whenever he hangs them up, I think whatever that final number is, it's it's untouchable. I think you hit it on the head. I mean, you know, Clay Thompson would be the obvious guy. Mm. Um, so you talk about perpetuity. I think as long as Clay is upright shooting the basketball, Clay's always going to be a guy. Although, you know, at the age of thirty-three, Steph, you think, you know, in my mind. Dude could play till he's thirty nine. You know his style of forty years old if he wanted to. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, based yeah. on just what you've just you've just said. The night in, night out preparation, taking care of the body, the mind, uh, his style of play, and so forth. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know why I couldn't a guy couldn't sit out there till he's forty years old and just snipe away. Particularly the way the rules are designed in the NBA. So you may be right. Uh, he, he he may distance himself to a point where Clay would have to. Uh, ab, uh, would have to outlast him. Clay would have to play to the age of 45 <laughs> in order to surpass that record. But in terms of great shooters, you know, your money would be on Clay Thompson. Obviously, if if Steph were to, you know, God forbid, call it quits tomorrow, you know, you'd, you'd have to say, yeah, Clay Thompson's got a pretty good shot here of, of breaking that record. You bet. Kev, appreciate the conversation. It was fun. Great to chat with you as well. And uh, we do appreciate it, my friend. Always, man. Keep up the good work down there. Thanks so much again to Kevin Calabro. Also great to hear the voice of Tim Roy, the voice of the Warriors. And shout out to our sister station, 95.7 The Game, for the Steph highlight. Here in the Bay, you catch every Warriors game on 95.7 The Game. You can stream the games on the Odyssey app as well. If you're enjoying the Bay Current podcast, please subscribe on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or just about anywhere you listen. And every episode is on the KCBS Radio YouTube page. That's it for today's Bay Current. I'm Matt Pittman. We'll chat with you again tomorrow. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.